This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. Instead, they've responded to external stimuli. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, the thing that got them interested in medicine to begin with, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. We're seeing a lot of great things, particularly around the ability to predict things that clinicians and consumers care about. Inhale, exhale. Time for your healthy dose. The economics of offshoring have looked and remained appealing for the last 50-plus years. This is especially true for manufacturing. Cost savings and a trickling labor force in the states haven't encouraged much in-house production. That's beginning to change, though. Tariffs encouraging more U.S. manufacturing, increased speed to market in industries like retail, and innovations in automation are all swinging the manufacturing pendulum back around, making a recent push for a trend in reshoring. Here to explain how reshoring is affecting the medical device industry is Tom Allen, Vice President of Sales for Tricor Systems. As the conversation turns to home, Allen has found new challenges in convincing manufacturers that reshoring could be a blessing in disguise. Allen explains the pros and cons of moving manufacturing to the U.S., how infrastructure is preparing for the influx, and why reshoring is creating stronger relationships between OEMs and contract manufacturers. Tom Allen, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I'm really excited to dig into your topic for the day. And what this one is going to be focused on is reshoring. So really looking at the overall history of offshoring medical devices, what has prompted the conversation to swing back around and bring the production of these devices here in-house Um, We're also going to talk about Chinese tariffs. We're going to talk about balancing U.S. manufacturing. That comes with a higher price point. We're going to be looking at the infrastructure of the U.S. manufacturing world and then looking at some of the relationships between OEMs and CMs. So I'm excited to dive in. Hope you are, too. I know you are the go-to guy to talk about this kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, thank you. So let's go ahead and start with this brief history. So walk me through the timeline of when medical devices were offshored, what prompted that decision, and then now, as the pendulum has swung back, why we're looking to bring the production of medical devices back to the United States. Well, as you're aware, offshoring probably started almost three decades ago with the automotive industry, followed closely by the tech industry, and then the medical industry in about the the early 2000s started offshoring they were a little bit late to the party but what has happened is with the rise of the cost of labor in china the tariffs lately there's starting to be a swing back i believe to reshoring of the medical products many of our customers that we do contract manufacturing have indicated that having that made in the usa label helps them to get the product into the hospitals or the doctor's offices. The perceived quality, which typically is true quality, that if it's made in the USA, it is built better. And so you mentioned these Chinese tariffs uh, sort of 
prompting companies to explore bringing manufacturing back to the United States. Uh, what tariffs specifically have prompted this, and how have they affected medical devices specifically? You know, what uh, what aspects of the tariffs are actually making the production costs for these medical devices more expensive if they were offshored? What's happening is with the latest tariff, it's currently at about a 10% tariff, and it's affecting everything from a broad range of components used in electronic manufacturing. Touch screens, batteries, electric motors, printed circuit boards, caps and resistors to go to the, the, the piece down to the piece part. And this tariff is driving some OEMs to look back to the US to start manufacturing the product due to the high cost of bringing the, the final product back into this country. So really, it's not like it's affecting the medical device market specifically in that these tariffs are aimed at at pieces that are you know, proprietary or solely used in medical devices, but it's it's more of a broader range that has affected that market. Correct. And that's tough because it almost feels like if it was more focused in, it would be easier to dispute that tariff and to say, hey, let's, let's reduce that percentage point. Um, but since it's so broad, I don't know, does that present more challenges or less challenges with it being a broad tariff? I think by them being so broad, it, it, it's a challenge for everyone, not just the medical device community. And I believe that we're going to see a movement to bring more products back to being built in the USA from the standpoint that the cost of bringing the final product over becomes greater if everything is sourced from a country with the large tariffs. What's happening in the industry as far as electronics is with these tariffs threatening to go up to 25% as of January 1st, Many people are trying to ask their distributors to only source products that aren't located in the countries being affected, mainly China, of course, as one of the, the major countries that have the tariffs put on them. So I think beyond just the tariffs, we're also seeing companies crave more of this socially conscious branding for themselves, and not just in how they appear outwardly to their clientele or their customers, but also internally, you know, how they appear to their employees and, you know, what it feels like to work at a company that is socially conscious. And so I think this refocus of looking for products in places outside of China, you know, the, the tariffs have prompted them to, okay, let's refocus on where can we manufacture these products that isn't going to cost as much money, but then with this, now they're also given the opportunity to say, okay, where can we also source products that maybe are a little more socially conscious in how they're manufactured or how they're produced? Uh, is that what you're seeing as well in the medical device market? Yes, I, I believe so. What I've kind of seen is that the companies out there, they're really looking at how they're perceived by exactly what you said, their, their own employees from a recruiting standpoint. A lot of the the millennials these days, I believe, are are more socially conscious than maybe their fathers were, where their fathers were just looking for a place to work. The millennials are looking for a place to work that is doing something for the greater good of the the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a social trend that I think extends beyond just the business world, but you know, has really made itself part of a culture. So let's look at. 
okay, now we're bringing this manufacturing back to the United States. I think part of the problem with that could be that U.S. manufacturing typically comes at a higher price point. It's American-made. The quality might be better, but you're going to be maybe paying more. Or traditionally, you would think American-made, it costs more uh, once you see that final product produced. How are you seeing the medical device market balance this U.S. manufacturing with higher price point? You know, how are they finding ways to reduce the cost, actually, so that it's less than what it might be if they produce it in China with heavier tariffs? I think what's happening is there's a there's more of a handshake between the OEM and the contract manufacturer, where the contract manufacturer is offering suggestions for improvements that can save money and save time. And the contract manufacturer is looking for ways to automate or reduce the cost of the originally designed device. And I believe the the OEMs are listening and are open to that, and these changes are being made. So it's creating better products, but more efficiently, thus saving money uh, in the long run. So really the core of this is building a better relationship between the OEMs and the contract manufacturers because as things get back to the United States, then they need to have just a better relationship in general from from the initial communications to once the product is delivered to their front door, basically. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And what are some other ways you're seeing them foster that better relationship? Because I think this is a really crucial part of this evolution of bringing medical devices back to the United States. I've seen some companies where they come in and, and do, you know, instead of just doing an audit of the the company, they're coming in and they're, they're saying, let's sit down, look at what we've got and what can we do to reduce costs, you know, and they're, they're willing to share in that reduced cost with the, with the contract manufacturer. By doing that, it makes the contract manufacturer more willing to work with the OAM to provide better solutions. So let's look at the infrastructure part of this conversation now, because as things are reshored, brought back to the United States, and manufacturing hopefully sees a bigger boom here in the States, do you think that our manufacturing infrastructure is prepared for this boom in manufacturing, in you know more medical devices or just other products being brought back to the states? Uh, yes or no, and why or why not? Well, I think I think that that's kind of a tricky question. I think there's there's been a loss of a lot of manufacturing over the years. Companies going out of business, companies either being purchased, so you got a few large companies left some small ones that are available to do the work. So you may have problems finding, especially in the the medical device industry, companies are qualified contract manufacturers to make the products if they become overburdened with too many contracts. Right, right. And then you know, if uh, if the infrastructure isn't up to par with this boom, then you might sort of see uh, an implosion. That's possible, yes. Yeah, which wouldn't be fun for anyone. No. So I think the last piece of this is really figuring out how best to convince companies to really take these tariffs and these signs of the times as prompting 
to reshore their production to the states. How do you educate these companies on the benefits of U.S.-based manufacturing? Because I think some of the main dissuaders would be it is more expensive in the states, maybe not as efficient of production, but I think some of the positives could be, all right, they're in-house or at least in the same country, so the communication might be better, Um, and then obviously shipping is going to be lower. So how have you seen companies like yours and other companies trying to convince the the companies that are you know looking to manufacture to uh, bring that stuff back to the states. What are the biggest talking points, and how do you really sell them on it? Well, you've mentioned you mentioned a, a few of them. Communications is a huge one, just from a time zone, timeline, when you can talk to people, and then it's a lot easier to jump on a plane and fly from even California to New York than it is across the country to to discuss or solve a problem if that's needed. The other thing is the cost of labor over in uh, countries such as China is is going up. And they're trying to bring everyone up to minimum wage. So it's going up, you know, I think it's somewhere between 15 and 20% per year. So as the labor goes up, we're going to see either people moving to other countries where the labor is cheap again, or back to the U.S. Our goal is to try to get them back to the U.S., to get that American-made sticker back on the products. We talk about quality. My company, you know, that's our main talking point is quality, because we really are dedicated to quality. A company like ours with multiple manufacturers we're dealing with we did 38 audits last year, quality audits. It's a very time-consuming thing, but it goes to show what everyone is concerned with quality and the people that want a product that gets out there and they have no failures and no problems, they're going to come to a quality-oriented organization, and that's where we fit in. Right, and so it's it's really delivering, I think, on that quality that even if the price point is a little higher, or it feels counterintuitive to reshore all the production after there being such a consistent trend of offshoring it, um, you know, it's really going to be selling them on, hey, you know, the tariffs maybe sh- show no signs of stopping, right? It seems like the they're getting higher and higher. People are really looking to bring the production back to the United States. So let's just dig into this and let's find the positives. And I think that biggest positive is going to be the quality is going to be higher, or at least there's more communication and more of an overwatch of how the quality is coming together. So you as a company, if you're not pleased with how the final product came together, you can communicate that back to the manufacturer a little easier and then get something that's more up to standard for what you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. And being located close to the consumer here in the U.S. is a big plus as well. You know, they don't have, like you said before, they don't have the shipping cost. And if they get a centralized warehouse, they can distribute much easier into the U.S. Right, exactly. Well, Tom, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and given us this rundown of basically this trend of reshoring for medical devices and how the United States manufacturing industry is really going to adjust to this. I I think it's an exciting time. 
It does propose some challenges, but it seems like companies like Tricor and other ones that are, are really looking to capitalize on some of these changes are up for the challenge. Well, thank you. We appreciate the time. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.